Who is this Jesus? Well, Paul introduces Jesus to us in the reading from Colossians 1, beginning at verse 15. And I'm going to read this slowly so that we can really take in what Paul is teaching us. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Our reading this morning (coughs) is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 and then verses 14 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The mission statement of the leprosy mission is this. Following Jesus Christ, the leprosy mission strives to break the chains of leprosy, empowering people to attain healing, 
dignity, and life in all its fullness. In Matthew 10, we read about Jesus sending his disciples out. He instructs his disciples to go out, and as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. I wonder if you notice that leprosy is specifically mentioned. It's the only disease that Jesus specifically mentions in that commandment to his disciples to go out. Why? Well, I think Jesus knew that leprosy was going to be with us for a long time. And I think he knew the awful stigma that goes with it really does destroy lives apart from the disease itself. Two weeks ago, it was Pentecost Sunday, and last week it was Trinity Sunday, but in my other life, before I worked for the Leprosy Mission, of course, this was known as Whitson this week. It was the Whitson School Holidays. Whitson coming, well, it's a bit strange. They don't quite know where the term comes from. They think it either comes from the fact that it was the time when they used to have lots of baptisms and people dressed in white, Whitson, or they think it might have come from the Anglo-Saxon word wit, meaning understanding, the understanding and the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Oh, I keep pressing this when I don't mean to. It's a clever device, isn't it? But you've just got to be a bit clever with it. So there's Whitson. Whitson, the time of Pentecost. And I know you've already had your services about that, but I want to pick up on a couple of themes today from within that. You see, on Pentecost, we hear... Oh, here we go. On Pentecost, we hear of the God who overwhelms. It's not hysteria in Jerusalem, nor drunkenness. It is raw God. And he is the same today. Make no mistake, raw God is powerful, but it's a power utterly motivated by the purest, the most self-denying, the most benevolent love, far beyond anything we can actually imagine. Imagine the very best you can, and it won't be enough. It's the Spirit of God who works to bring integration and integrity into our disintegrating world. His work is unity, but the Spirit does not only unite, he also sends out. A world in which the Spirit of God is given freedom to work is one of generosity and abounding love, bringing vision dreams, and a calling to those who are enabled to do his work. And as the Father sent me, so I send you. No, just me. So I send you. Each and every one of you. It may not be to Nepal or Anandaban Hospital, 
It may not be to the work of the leprosy mission, but believe me, he's calling you and sending you out somewhere. It may be just to your next door neighbour. It may be to the lady across the road who isn't feeling well. Or to your work colleagues. Or it may be further afield. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And that's where the leprosy mission fits into Pentecost. For we are a Christian organisation called to bring Christ's abounding love to those affected by leprosy. It's an organisation centred in prayer and moved by the Spirit of God. And Pentecost was the start of something quite incredible. And yes, the work of the leprosy mission often starts the most incredible healing, restoration and transformation of some of the poorest of the poor and most marginalised of people. I'm reminded in Acts of the passage from Joel that Pauline read to us so beautifully. Um, This is what he, he said. And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Oh, Ah, there we go. You know, we often in churches, and I don't know too much about your church here at Brighton Road, but we often talk a lot about the fruits of the spirit but we don't always focus as much on spiritual gifts. Here are the spiritual gifts, um, as you can see from Romans 12. And as you look at those, you'll see many of them that you think, oh yes, we're very familiar with that. We're familiar with teaching, with serving, with encouraging, with leading perhaps, with showing mercy and with giving. But what about prophecy? Do we have as much concentration on prophecy? For that's what I want to talk about this morning. You see, in 2013, the Leprosy Mission believed that we were given a prophetic word. It was at a time when we were undergoing quite a bit of change in leadership. And we had a visiting speaker come to us, and we had a staff conference. And at the end of that conference, two or three people spoke and talked about what they felt was being said to them from completely different sides of the room, from people who hadn't had contact with one another. It all came down to this passage and all that the people said linked together. And that's why we felt it was from God. Let me read it to you though you can see it for yourselves. From Genesis 26, so Isaac moved away from there and camped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. We were challenged to ask the question of ourselves, 
Which wells have we drawn from in the past that have become blocked and need unblocking? And what fresh wells do we need to dig? And you know, sometimes I believe we're all challenged with that question. What are the things we've always been doing that don't seem to be going right anymore? Or that we've just grown stale in? What is it that we need to do afresh for our Lord? For the leprosy mission, it meant us looking at the way that we worked. You see, for many, many years, the leprosy mission had been seen as a a medical mission. And healing is certainly a very important part of our work, especially since 1982 when we've got the multi-drug therapy which can kill the bacteria and therefore, in a sense, be a cure for leprosy. If we reach it in time, like that young girl, with just the patch on the face, then yes, it is a cure. Of course, for those people who we don't reach in time or have been hidden away by their families... We need to continue to give them lifelong care for the disability that leprosy causes is severe. And for some elderly people for whom the cure wasn't available when they first contracted leprosy, we provide mercy homes. For people who have been thrown out of their own homes through discrimination and stigma, we we buy low-cost housing or build them. But you see, we needed to start doing new things too. We needed to start to stand up for these people, for they had no voice of their own. We needed to do advocacy work, trying to break down laws that had been discriminating against people with leprosy. And praise the Lord, two months ago, that came to pass in India. A law which the British had put into place as the colonial power positively discriminated against people with leprosy. It's taken us many years, but two months ago the government of India repealed that particular piece of legislation. Hallelujah. And then we then went on to look at what we can do to sustain people, to give them life that are whole, education for the young, vocational training, so that they can get jobs and be part of their community again. Self-help groups where they come together to be able to help look after each other and sustain themselves in that way. And through livelihood grants that will give them a job again, not rejected by their society, made to feel whole. But our single most important pursuit is to continue to seek to hear the voice of the Spirit. For the Spirit doesn't just seek and say things once. You must keep listening. And I think that's a message again for us all today. How do we do this? How do we keep listening? Well, it's through prayer. Through prayer and being open to prophecy and vision. A vision in which we strive as the leprosy mission to break those chains of leprosy, to empower people to attain healing, dignity and life in all its fullness. It's the legacy which Jesus has motivated us to unite and break those chains 
And thank you for your support in that too. It's an amazing gift of life in the Spirit that motivates us to love and care for those who are so badly affected. We have a heart desire. A heart desire to enable all people suffering from leprosy and its consequences to have real life choices, purpose, relationships, dignity, value, empowerment, and lives transformed. Lives that they felt had no hope transformed into lives that are real and whole. And that's why when we heard the news last year, the earthquakes and its effect on our Anandaban leprosy hospital and all the surrounding villages, we knew that God was calling us and those like yourselves who so loyally support us to make a difference. And you did. Thank you. Quite remarkably, the most money that we've ever had come in from a single appeal. Lives being transformed. Immediate medical attention. Shelters for temporary purposes. And it's why when we heard the news that we had been given a government match-aided grant to help people in Mozambique with foot care, we leapt at the chance. In the power of Jesus' name, we set ourselves an ambitious target to try and help a lawful lot of people. We didn't know whether we would make it or not. But we believed that we were following God's promise, God's prophecy to us. And so we stepped out in faith. And God blessed us beyond our wildest expectations. For as you can see, if you can read that, due to the generosity of our supporters, the Feet First campaign for last year helped us to transform the lives of 25,000 people in Mozambique. We can now provide them with protective sandals and set up foot care groups to protect their numb feet. But more than that, because of the generosity of people like yourselves, it went far further than we ever imagined. We tried to raise nearly £500,000 for them, knowing that the government would match fund it. A million pounds? What could we do with a million pounds? Well, God is good. Let me tell you, God goes beyond our greatest expectations because we didn't, we didn't raise 500,000 pounds. We raised 1.1 million, which the government then had to match fund. Wow. That's why this project can now be extended for two years and the work is just incredible in a country which is one of the poorest of the poor. But God doesn't stop giving prophecy. And earlier, well, I suppose at the end of last year, about November, the staff met again to see how we were getting on. You'd think we'd celebrate, wouldn't you? What a wonderful year we'd had. But no, our visiting speaker said, do not be proud. This is God's work. Listen to what he has to say. And we were given this particular verse. 
from Deuteronomy 11, 13 to 15. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. Now, please don't blame us for the rain that we've had so far. It's got nothing to do with that. The early rain was last year. The things that happened for Mozambique and for the Anandaban earthquake appeal. The latter rain, we were being told, is ask God for more. More? After the year that we've had? More? Dare we? Yes, we were being told. Because the people with leprosy still need your help. And the people of Nepal, in particular, still need your help. And so we went away to pray about it. And we came up with five projects that churches might like to adopt as their own, perhaps choosing one of those as a particular project for the next two or three years that they may want to fundraise for. And if your church is interested, then please talk to either Ian or myself at some point, and we'd be very pleased to do that. But one of those projects you can see there right in the middle is an Andaban hospital, our hospital in Nepal. And we felt very much that we were called upon to ask our churches who support us during their World Leprosy Sundays to particularly focus on Anandaban Hospital and the earthquake areas. And so, in a moment, I'm going to show you a DVD that was put together all about that. It's not to ask you to put your hands in your pocket, although they do um, mention some money. Forget that part. I just want to show you the situation and how it is. You've got your envelopes. Take them away, as Ian said, and think about it for yourself. But... I just want to show you what there is. We've called it Rebuild Nepal because although we were able to provide temporary housing, winter is coming and it's now a very different matter for them. The challenges are still there. Many are still intense in temperatures which we can only think of as very cold. So, this is where the technical wizardry starts, because the DVD I had all embedded didn't quite work with your system. So we're now going to see how wonderfully your technicians are. Let's see what we do. In April 2015, two powerful earthquakes hit Nepal, one of the poorest countries in Asia. Over 9,000 people were killed, including 2,500 children, and tens of thousands were injured. The central region was badly hit, and the leprosy missions at Nandaban Hospital was damaged by the quakes. Many of the doctors and nurses at the hospital were left homeless when their houses collapsed. Despite the devastation and the dread of more loss of life as the aftershocks continued, the medical staff worked round the clock to help and heal. Not only were leprosy-affected patients treated at the hospital, but so were the hundreds who flooded to the hospital from the surrounding area. Lives were saved, countless operations took place, and the wards were full of people being treated for crush injuries, broken bones and gashes. The situation was so severe 
that patients were moved outside for fear of the hospital collapsing. Many patients were not only physically affected, but also suffered unimaginable trauma as they saw loved ones killed in the earthquake. Entire villages where homes once stood are now piles of rubble or have disappeared completely. Krishna is 58 years old and the earthquake has left him as a widower. But even before the earthquake, Krishna had suffered so much. He contracted leprosy many years ago when he was a teenage boy. But because it wasn't diagnosed and treated quickly, the disease damaged his hands. The damage is permanent. Today, as well as facing the day-to-day -day challenges of his disability, he is grieving for his dear wife. His home has collapsed and he has lost the only way he had to earn a living. Krishna wanted to share his sad story with us. Krishna told us that he was outside his home when the earthquake struck. Suddenly he heard a cracking sound. He shouted for his wife to come outside, but she tripped at the doorway as she rushed to leave. The house collapsed on top of her and killed her. And Krishna saw it all happen right in front of him. He told us that the shock was too much and he passed out. Krishna was in such grief after the earthquake that he wanted to die. But his two sons need him. He is all they have. Now Krishna is determined to look after his sons, even though he has so little. It is just a few months until the anniversary of the earthquakes. Nepal has dropped from the news headlines, but that does not mean the problems have gone away. Winter is coming in Nepal, and many people are still living in temporary shelters under tarpaulins. The leprosy mission staff in Nepal are very concerned about how people disabled by leprosy will cope in the icy cold weather. Please will you help to rebuild Nepal. You can give families like Krishna's the chance to start anew. Every gift makes a difference. A gift of £55 could provide a pallet of 500 bricks to get rebuilding underway. A donation of £550 could build two new walls for a family home for people like Krishna. A wonderful donation of £2,500 could completely rebuild an earthquake-resistant home for a family devastated by the earthquake. Thank you for all that you have done so far in showing this DVD. It's so wonderful to be partnering with you to show the love of Jesus to people affected by leprosy in Nepal. Together, we are able to show that God is the builder of everything. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Hebrews 3 verse 4. For those of us, like Ian and Pauline, who have had the privilege to go to an Andaman hospital and see the work that Jesus does through them, it breaks our hearts to see the devastation that's been caused. Please share with us the vision that the Holy Spirit has placed on our hearts Pray with us and continue to do what you can to help people still affected by leprosy today. I'm always challenged by the fact, coming from where I do, and I know coming from where you do, the price of housing. It seems quite remarkable, doesn't it, that £2,500 will completely rebuild an earthquake-resistant home in Nepal. 
I leave that thought with you, but ask you to join with me in the leprosy mission prayer. I'm sorry the words are so small, but I will say it as well. Let's pray. Almighty Father, the giver of life and health, look mercifully on those who suffer from leprosy. Stretch out your hand to touch and heal them, as Jesus did during his earthly life. Grant wisdom and insight to those who are seeking the prevention and cure of the disease. Give skill and sympathy to those who minister to the patients. Reunite the separated with their families and friends. And inspire your people with the task set before the leprosy mission, that it may never lack either the staff or the means to carry on its healing work in accordance with your will and to the glory of your holy name. And we ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.